This podcast is brought to you by Eisner Award-winning Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska, and supporting listeners like you. Go to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click donate, or visit Patreon.com backslash TwoHeadedNerd to become a supporter today. Ha-cha! Hi, this is Adam Hughes. I'm the artist of this year's Hellboy Christmas special, Hellboy Krampusnacht, and you are listening to the Two-Headed Nerd Podcast with Joe and Matt. Broadcasting from the Ziggurat of Omaha, deep below the metro area, it is our pleasure to welcome you to episode 467 of the Two-Headed Nerd comic book podcast. My name is Matt Baum. And I'm the internet's Joe Patrick. Each week we discuss Wednesday's new comics, comic book movies, TV, news, and dig through the steaming pile of compost that is the internet to find the juiciest of rumors. Yeah, they're like grubs. They're the so gross. The stankiest. <laughs> Thanks for the feedback on the new review section, and it sounds like you nerds are digging it. So let's do it again, shall we, Joe? Why don't we lead off this week? With your main review. Yes, okay. My main review this week is of Captain America number 695, a milestone issue. Their milestone's higher than ours. It's only slightly. 250? 230? Yeah, I mean, I guess, but the numbering's all weird. Who knows? That's true. Yeah. Fake fake news. Does it count? Fake news. Fake news. Sad. Yeah. (laughs) This is from Marvel Comics, written by Mark Wade, with art by Chris Somney. Colors by Matt Wilson. I don't know if he prefers Matthew. He's credited as Matthew, but he's Matt to me. He bounces around. Sometimes he's Matt. Yeah, I think his Twitter is Matt Wilson. It's 32 pages for $3.99, and here is your solicit. Home of the Brave, part one. I don't know why I put the microphone back. Uh, Home of the Brave begins, and Steve Rogers is back in action in the red, white, and blue. Steve begins a journey across America to restore his tarnished reputation and the dangers he encounters along the way are unlike any he's faced before. And I'm going to stop right there and say, uh, that's exaggerating a little bit. <laughs> uh, I think I've seen this exact scenario play out in Captain America comics more than once. Uh, Mark Wade and Chris Somney have the unenviable task of restoring Captain America to some semblance of glory following the complete shit show that was Secret Empire. Steve's on the road, rediscovering America, and his travels take him to a town he once defended years ago, which has renamed itself in his honor. Now, on the 10th anniversary of that attack, Cap finds out exactly what he means to the people that he defends, as the white supremacist terrorists that attacked the town a decade ago return stronger than ever. If there's one word I could use to sum up how this issue felt to me, it would be timeless. Okay. Mark Wade steps back into writing Cap for the third time, and it feels like he never left. There's a comforting familiarity to the way he writes this one-shot adventure, but to me, it didn't feel stale. It felt iconic. And part of that is thanks to the breathtaking work by Chris Somney and Matt Wilson. I think of Somney's style as sort of simplified realism. Sure, yeah. He knows when to simplify or exaggerate his line work, so like, when he has to get across a facial expression that might be a little tough to convey with like a drawn line, he simplifies it. Yeah. uh, So you get the impression of it. Right. Like maybe their mouth is just a straight line or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, sometimes, sometimes he drops the detail in the eyes and they just have those little button eyes. Yeah. Uh, And Wilson's warm colors are like a really nice sunset. It was like a warm hug. (laughs) I just couldn't stop looking at the art. This felt like a classic issue of Captain America in the best way for me. With Daredevil, 
Wade Insomni flipped Matt Murdock on his head and spun him in an interesting new direction. Here, they take Cap back to his roots to show that all of the things that made him great weren't broken. And now that readers have been reminded of that, we're invested in Cap's journey to remind the rest of the Marvel Universe. Captain America 695, I thought it was wonderful. And probably the best jumping on point of any legacy title to date. Absolutely buy it. Yeah, I really liked it. While I was reading it, I, I got a little confused as like why no one would say Nazis all of a sudden. Like they were like, oh, don't say that. You know, and it was kind of strange. Well, but they did. The guy, one guy said he, they yeah. like Captain America. And then immediately Nazis. someone, and immediately the Rampart show, which is kind of funny. Yeah. And they were like, hey, why don't you open your mind, jackass? We're white supremacists, not Nazis. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't show up and go, hey, there's good people on both sides, bro. No, no they showed up and they beat the guy up. Yeah, but first they said that. <laughs> they made that statement, you know, which was kind of funny. Um, while I was reading it, I thought it was beautiful and it was really well written. Yep. And it was a lot of fun, but it did seem like they really swung the needle. Oh, for sure. Almost to complete pandering, which during the issue, I was like, okay, I, I get it. Yeah, but I love Cap too. For a kickoff. By the time it was done, yeah. I was fine with it. Right. I, like, I finished it, and I was like, this was pandering, and this was ridiculous, and they, they went out of their way to make it feel timeless and sweet. I loved it. But, I mean, they had to because yes. they broke him. Yes. They broke Captain America. Yes. So they had to have that needle swing. Yeah. I also really enjoyed it. It's a buy it. And I tell you what, like, I eventually came around to, like, the more modern costume. Sure. But let me tell you, it was really good to see him in the real Captain yeah, America costume. Yeah, it, it was. And I will say, now we definitely have an answer to what happened in the end of secret, I'm sorry, secret invasion. No secret empire, secret empire. What do you mean? The front matter says an evil cap took caps place. Yeah. Right. Cap yeah. returned. <laughs> right. So no cap was not a Nazi. It, sure. This but, was an evil cap. Apparently. Well, okay. But I mean, <laughs> to be fair to everybody that was angry. Yeah. Cap was a Nazi until the last minute when suddenly oopsies not. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's a cop out. I agree, but there you go. There's your, it's official. I, yeah. If that's what it takes to fix Captain America, I'm fine with it. Sure. Just sweep it under the rug. Let's move on. Fine. Matt, let's talk about digging graves. Let's talk about it. This week, I read The Gravediggers Union. It's from Image Comics. It's written by Wes Craig with art by Toby Cypress, who I constantly call Tony. 40 pages for $3.99. <laughs> Here's your solicit. Deadly Class! Co-creator Wes Craig launches a new series with art by rising star Tommy Cypress! Omega Men. The supernatural world has gone crazy. The apocalypse is coming, and only the Gravediggers Union can stop it. How, you may ask? Well, first their leader Cole has to find his estranged daughter. But is she the one behind the apocalypse? Wild comedic horror with steroid zombies, monster gods, swamp vampires, ghost storms, and space monkeys. I did not think that it was comedic. <laughs> Did you? Uh, yeah. No, there's definitely some comedy in there. Was there? Yeah. What okay. this list doesn't mention is that this is actually the return of the Gravediggers Union, which first appeared as a short story written and drawn by Craig in the pages of a hardcover collection from Image that hit shelves back in 2014. It was called Black Hand, and it's still available if you want to order it. In this world, the supernatural is part of everyday life, with the media reporting on ghost storms and zombie attacks, but up until recently, these undead events have been in Africa or Asia, far from the United States. Because of their distance, the American public has chosen to ignore the attacks, as we probably would, <laughs> but now they're moving closer to home. The Gravediggers Union has been handling supernatural issues in the States for years, but the events seem to be ratcheting up, leaving some of the union members to question what's going on and seek to stop it before things get out of hand. Craig has this 
old-timey dialogue and feel to the gravediggers, but the story definitely takes place in modern day. There's themes of how the 24-hour news media and technology have led to public apathy and nihilism. The story is solid, and it walks this line of police procedural meets ghosts and goblins, but the real star here is the art. Toby Cypress draws comics like a crazy person. And he seems to have found a team of like-minded weirdos to give this title a wholly original look. Cypress's work on Omega Man... I, wh- I actually don't remember his work on Omega Man. The, okay. ma- the main artist of Omega Man there's was Barnaby re- Bagenda. Yes, there's a reason why you don't. And it's because he changed his style quite a bit for that book. It okay. was a little... It was much tighter. I'm going to have to look it, back, look it up again. It was still very strange... And like he, he was very Larry Stroman sort of looking like okay, alien sure. lesion type stuff, but it worked really well. Here, Cypress is back to the loose look of his Rod Racer graphic novel with long lines, slightly abstract figures, and washed out panels. To compare, though, to his other recent work, Retcon, mm-hmm. uh, I thought that this was tighter oh, definitely. than Retcon. Yeah, Retcon was Which like was like madness. Scribbles. Yeah. Right? Um, in comparison. Right. Uh, beautiful scribbles, but yeah, it this was, was, was still cool. And so this like walked the line between retcon, which is bonkers, right. and Omega Man, which is more mainstream. And I think he's just one of those guys; he can do whatever Chameleon. he wants. Yeah, yeah. colorist. Nico- it reminded me of of uh, Kyle Baker. Very much so. Yeah, where sometimes Kyle Baker is unstoppably beautiful, and other times he's drawing with his feet. Colorist Nico Guardia completes the look here with washed out sepia tone colors and melting film effects that give the story an animated feel. The style here could be off putting for those looking for a standard superhero read, but you can't deny how original the design of this comic is. I love the setup, the story, and the art team is operating in a level all their own. Gravediggers Union was a fantastic read and a fun take on the agency that fights the undead trope. I can't give this a bigger buy. Totally. I, I love that concept as well, where yeah. it's like we've got a group and their whole task is to fight ghosties and monsters. Right. Uh, but yeah, this is just, it's that familiar trope, but like, Yep, they're just blue collar dudes. Yeah, I mean, they're like like they're wearing their newsboy caps and their shovels right. and their overalls. And the story is essentially the old guys remember when it was really bad. Now things are getting worse than they've ever been, and we're worried about the new guys. Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. Uh, and yeah, the procedural thing is dead on because they've got the their hard ass captain that's yeah. like, you can't do that. I'll have you. I'll have your shovel. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, have your I thought it was really good. Um, you know, I already said how much I love the art. It's a buy it for me as well. Fantastic. Good on Wes Craig. I'm yeah. glad that I'm glad to see that uh, the dude is a strong writer as well. Yeah, he's a talented guy. He really is. Apparently, we're in a good mood this week because that is a double buy it for Captain America 695 and a double buy it for Gravediggers Union number one. Crazy, right? Of course, we want to hear from you guys. What did you think of these comics? Are we right? Are we wrong? Are we way off base? Head over to the THN forums in the review section. Tell us how wrong we got it, or maybe you agree with us. I don't know. Warning, that is the end of any critical comic book analysis. What follows is a virtually useless stream of consciousness rant, wherein we review eight more of this week's comics 
for a segment we call the Ludicrous Speed Round. Ludicrous Speed, go! Number one with a bullet. Number one from Image. Ha-ha! <laughs> the Goners team of Jacob Saman and Jorge Corona are back. You sure it's not semen? I feel like it's semen. It's definitely not. <laughs> with this near-future thriller weaving together murder, celebrity culture, surveillance technology, and the constant stories about privacy invasion that we hear so prevalently in the news these days. It's weird. It's super high concept. The art is bizarre and wonderful. I think I kind of loved it. Okay. I'm not sure where these guys are taking the story, but I'm along for the ride. Number one with a bullet gets a buy it. Dead Man. Number one from DC. Quintessential Dead Man creator Neil Adams returns to re-examine Dead Man's origin. Adams is still an amazing artist. I can't stress that enough. This comic is beautiful to look at. But somebody... Please get this guy a writer. He makes 32 pages feel like 64 with some truly bizarre dialogue and an unneeded twist on Dead Men's Origin that any group of assassins worth their salt could have figured out in five minutes. <laughs> That's not the thing you asked me about that we s- discovered was No, I'm true. saying the twist being that like they're like, oh, there's somebody else in the costume. You didn't kill the guy. You're dead now. <laughs> Skim it. Only because it was pretty to look at. God, this was just a slog to get through. Atomic Robo, Spectre of Tomorrow, number one from IDW. Uh, the more distance I get, the less confident I am I am that that's the actual title of this book. But it's a new Atomic Robo number one that came out in November 1st. Spectre! Brian Clevenger and Scott Wegener launched the latest in a long line of Robo minis as Robo gets ready to battle his greatest foes yet. Sir Richard Branson and his local homeowners association. Oh, boy. Like always, the beauty is that you can feel free to jump right in. The team does a great job of giving you a feel for the characters' personalities, even if you've never read the series before. I love Atomic Robo. You will too. Buy it. Black Lightning, Cold Dead Hands, number one from DC. BL is back, but he's DH'd, and I doubt he has a family. Nope, more. Ditched. All continuity ditched. Yeah. Re- total reboot. The story is boilerplate hero stuff, but not badly written and also not quite compelling. Clayton Henry's art is fantastic. That guy is great. But I have to wonder why DC chose to reinvent the character like this. Why not show us the established character and his daughter as the new Black Lightning? This was fine, but it just feels like a missed opportunity and I don't get it. It's a skim it at best. I read an interview with Tony Isabella this week where he was like, the continuity is too confusing. It's like, no, it's not. If there's a, I mean, there's plenty of problems with characters. Black Lightning is not like a Hawkman or something. Give me a break. Like at most, you want to say that he doesn't have college age daughters anymore that ran around with a JSA. Fine. Because there's no JSA. But why not say he has a college age daughter and she is your new Black Lightning. Right. And he is her mentor and work that into the JSA. Right. There's no need to take away that this 28 year old clean slate nonsense. And you give us another kick-ass female superhero. This one happens to be black as well. That seems like a win-win. Come on, guys. Power Pack number 63 from Marvel. I have not read a Devin Grayson comic since her first DC heyday back in the early 2000s. You remember Devin Grayson? I reviewed something she did at Image in the past few years, and we did not like it. She was uh, big into the Bat family. She also wrote Titans for a while. Yep. Uh, Now she's back, and Power Pack is too. Sort of, of, yeah. (laughs) Grayson and artist Marika Cresta present this tale of the preteen team purely in flashback 
Power Pack's not even really around. It's just the youngest daughter telling a story. Mm. And it just falls completely flat. What's the point? Exactly. Why not use this opportunity to bring back Power Pack for real? Or a new Power Pack. Sure. Cresta's art is decent, but it gets really awkward in parts, especially with her faces. It just seemed like a completely throwaway story that wasn't even very well executed, and it reminded me why I didn't really enjoy Devin Grayson comics back in the early 2000s. I'm giving it a leave it. All right, then. Guardians of the Galaxy number 146 from Marvel. This is part one of the new Infinity Quest storyline that sees the Guardians joining the Nova Corps instead of searching for the Infinity Stones, as the solicit suggested. Writer Jerry Duggan's jokes fall flat, and even Marcus's toe's art isn't as impressive as I remember. The story Did you just say Marcus's toe? Marcus toes. You said Marcus's toe. Writer Jerry Duggan's jokes <laughs> fell flat. Leave it in the show. No. Yes, leave it in the show. I'm going to make it the title of the show. Okay, I don't think I said that. You did. The story was a little boring at best and doesn't seem to be setting up much. I'll give them it's the beginning of a new storyline, but when it starts, the Guardians are already in the Nova Corps. No explanation. There you go. Skip it. Were you confused? No, but like, I don't know. It doesn't feel like the jumping on point they want it to be, and there just wasn't much here. Spider-Man 234 from Marvel. Miles Morales kicks off a new storyline for Marvel Legacy, and unlike Captain Marvel from last week, new readers won't feel punished for coming in with this issue. Yes, there are still a lot of plots and characters being juggled, but BM Bendis juggles them well without bogging down the plot. Great art from Oscar Bazaluda as well, whose name I got completely wrong when I first wrote this review. I'm glad I looked it up. Spider-Man 234 gets a buy it. I cannot say Bazaluda. <laughs> it's simple, man. <laughs> Jetsons, number one from DC. All the magic and humor of the Flintstones comic is completely missing here. And instead, the Jetsons live in a space station above an Earth that's been destroyed by a meteor. Rosie, the household maid robot, has been updated to George's mom's brain, transplanted into a robot body that has long existential conversations with her son. And Astro is just a dog. Astro is just a dog. Yeah, but Astro was like kind of talked and so he was more than a dog. The Jetsons update had none of the charm or wit of the Flintstones and came off as a boring dystopic tale of a doomed future Earth. I just don't know why they chose to I do it. I think you're like in the this. minority with this one. I'm giving it to leave it. I thought it was just boring as hell. There was no charm to it at all. Throck! That is your ludicrous speed round. And Throck! the sound of Jesus. Pardon me. Jesus. No relation. No, it's Jesus. Oh, it's Jesus? Yeah. He's the Jesus? Throwing, He's called Jesus. Okay. Throwing a knife through the face of a whisperer. As seen in the pages of The Walking Dead, number 173, this onomatopoeia was submitted by Cotton, the blunted custodian, via Twitter. You'll hear from him in a little while here. If you're not too busy stabbing people in the face and want to submit an onomatopoeia of the week, hit us up on any of our social media or shoot us an email to twoheadednerd at gmail.com. Also, if you want to read our full reviews, and we are going to post them this week. I apologize. I posted mine. Along with the other reviews from the Love Slaves, head over to the review section of twoheadednerd.com and tell me just how wrong I was about everything I said today. It's like my favorite pastime. It's true. This week, Matt and I have converted the Sanctum Sanctorum into our own personal Russian bathhouse with a little help from Leonid 
Konstantovich? Konstantinovich? Kovar. <laughs> A.K.A. Red Star. You almost got there. Leo has been using his flame powers to keep this bathhouse steamy as hell. Whew. Fun fact, Red Star was originally called Starfire. Star- yes. He was so the that- original DC comic Starfire. No kidding. And he hung out with the Titans. His boobs weren't as big, though. And he no, didn't look as good in a swimsuit. Not. Matt, while we're having a nice schwitz, why don't we tell the nerds about our comic picks for next Wednesday? Sure thing. My pick, there was only one I could choose, and it is Kong on the Planet of the Apes from Boom! Written by Ryan Ferrier with art by Carlos Magno. It's 32 pages. It's $3.99. Here's your solicit, the damn dirty crossover event you demanded, damn it! Following the events of the first Planet of the Apes film, back in 1968, Dr. Zaius and General Ursus lead a small group of soldiers to the Forbidden Zone to destroy any remaining evidence of Taylor's time amongst them. To their surprise, they discover a Kong! Now, they must venture to Skull Island with Cornelius and Zira to discover the truth, but they may not survive the deadliest journey of their lives! Say what you will about the Planet of the Apes tie-ins. They have been great. The Planet of the Apes Green Lantern one was awesome. Ryan Ferrier is the writer of Kennel Block Blues, which we both very much enjoyed. Yeah, he also created Dave, yes. or, which we are sometimes we call it Deform. Yeah, D4VE. <laughs> I'm super excited for this. Carlos Magno is an amazing Planet of the Apes artist. What is it? What really do they talented. mean? A Kong. There's only one Kong. We don't know that. <sighs> there is a King Kong, but there may be other Kongs. Okay. okay. <laughs> right. Joe Patrick, what are you reading next week? Next week, I couldn't help myself. My pick had to be Batman Lost, number one from DC Comics. It's written by Scott Snyder, James Tinian the Fourth. And Joshua Williamson with art by Doug Monkey and various. Just the four, please. James Tenney, the four. The four, yeah. yeah. It's 40 pages for $4.99. Here's your solicit. Or you could even say James Tenney and four. James Tenney and four, <laughs> yeah. Here's your solicit, such as it is. Trapped in the dark multiverse, Batman must face his greatest fears. Sold. The end. <laughs> that's, that's all I need. <laughs> uh, so Scott Snyder is describing this essentially as the next issue of Metal. Why it wasn't just the next issue of Metal, the world may never know. Right. Uh, but yeah, this is a one shot. Uh, it, it, for those of you reading Metal, if you recall, the cliffhanger of the last issue uh, ended with Batman and Superman uh, trapped in Barbados's weird hell dimension. The upside down. Terror prison. Yeah, the upside down. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, this Trapped is Trapped in Barbados. <laughs> Trapped in Barbados. <laughs> this is Batman trapped in that place, the Dark Multiverse. Uh, this was, uh, we covered this on the Drunk Nerds Guide to Previews. It was supposed to be the comic book that saw the return of Olivier Coipel to DC Comics. Didn't happen. He's only doing the cover now. Oh. Oh, boy. Busy guy. Or yeah, I guess. But, yeah, I love, I love metal. I love what they're doing. This just seems like a no-brainer to me. Can't wait to read it. All right. The THN Trade of the Week. That means if you're buying one, buy this one. It's Trillium, the deluxe hardcover from Vertigo, written and illustrated by Jeff Lemire. 208 pages for $34.99. And what do we say whenever we do this? We go, eh, it's a hardcover. It's a hardcover. Yeah. Here's your solicit. The amazing eight-issue miniseries by award-winning writer, artist, Jeff Lemire. It's collected in this deluxe edition hardcover featuring a new cover by Lemire. Two souls separated by the thousands of years and hundreds of millions of miles will fall in love. And as a result, bring about the end of the universe. That's not so Man, bad. Even though reality's unraveling all around them, nothing can pull them apart. It's like the gate keeper in the key master this book was 
amazing. Absolutely amazing. This was the one where you could read it either from the it first page forward or from the last page backwards. Yeah, awesome. And it totally works. Jeff Lemire is a psychotic, crazy person, and only he could pull shit. I wonder like how they're going to handle that in the hardcover. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I mean, I think you'll just flip it over, just like you did the comic. Yeah, but it was issue to issue, right? Yeah. So you can't just flip over the hardcover. But you could do one whole story and then flip over the hardcover and do the whole uh, yeah, rest yeah. of the story. Yeah. You'd have to. So there's our pigs for next week, but maybe you're sitting there thinking, hey, why don't these jerks ever talk about comic book X? It's a good question. Well, hit us up. Tell us what you'd like us to review, or Matt's just going to end up reading more Zombie Tramp. I read it for the art. Just for the art. Right now, however, it is time to check the teletype, sort through our Google alerts, and pay off all of our informants. Joey, let's talk about this week's Nerd News. Nerd News. (laughs) That's a quick one. Chapter House Comics, publishers of titles such as Captain Canuck, Northgard, and The Pitiful Human Lizard has announced a new pricing structure for its products. Exciting, I know. This comes from our Canadian uh, Comic News Bureau. Yeah. Yeah. Beginning in January 2018, all of the company's superhero titles known collectively as the Chapterverse will be $1.99 for single issues and $9.99 for trade collections. That's right. Chapter House is drawing the line at $1.99. Everyone should do this. Everyone should do this. Here's a quote. All comic fans are faced with a choice every Wednesday on how to best spend their hard-earned money. This is Chapter House publisher Keith W.T.S. Morris. W.T.S. Like, what the shit? What the shit? Keith, what the shit, Morris? (laughs) We want to make giving our Chapterverse books a try an easy choice to make. Chapter House is determined not to let price point be a barrier into our world of comics. So smart. Yeah, I mean... Let's just get right into it. There was a while there where Vertigo, this was, I don't even remember, like maybe 10 years ago, Vertigo was doing first issues for 99 cents. And yes, it, all of their first issues. And it was brilliant. But this isn't just their first issues. No, this I is know. every issue. And then Image. Of the ones in the shared universe. Yes. And then Image was also doing like $1 first and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, brilliant. Come check it out. And people did. And it made sense. Well, and, they're, and all of these companies, uh, at least Marvel and DC, or I mean Marvel and Image, put out those greatest hits comics yeah. for a dollar all the dang time. They definitely do. But those are also, I mean, I'm not saying they don't count. I'm glad they do it. I mean, they've made their money on those properties. Yes. So, but I'm saying a buck but 99 printing for costs every is printing costs. You know what I'm saying? You walk in and go, this is only two bucks. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to check it out. I think it's a fantastic idea. And here is a, here is a, a quote that I found very fascinating and refreshing in its honesty. Uh, the CEO and co-founder Fadi Hakim said that part of this new pricing structure comes from the fact that they've expanded, and because of that expansion, their printing cost has actually gone down. So what does that tell you about When Marvel have you ever DC heard a company cost. admit, yeah. we're saving money and we're passing it on? Yeah. Uh, here's a quote from him. We've become big enough to receive a sizable savings from our printer, and in turn, we're passing the savings on to our retailers and readers, and now you can get the entire Chapterverse universe for between... Four to six bucks a month. Man, this is why Canada kicks our ass constantly. You're telling me Marvel and DC arguably print probably a hundred times. No, they're also, sorry, they're also paying huge amounts for these big creator names. I get that, but still. Yes, yes. I'm saying, 
Uh, also, they're not in Canada, and I assume that the they, exchange rate getting the books from Canada. I'll, I'll bet they is, print a lot in Canada. A lot yeah. of people print stuff. The majority of American yeah. comics are printed in Canada. Um, I, I mean, I get it's it's not a one for one comparison, but I think that this proves that things can be done. Yes, Alterna Comics they put out comics for a a dollar fifty. Yeah, on newsprint. Yeah. And and honestly, yes, they're probably losing their ass on that. But otherwise, you don't get your stuff out there at all. Yeah. I mean, the market is so jammed up with this crap. I, I just think this is brilliant. It, like, there, there are definitely things that the big two, f- at least, could do yeah. to mitigate the rising cost of comics. At least take a note from this. The first $1.99 titles will be January's Freelance and Phantoma, followed later in the year by Captain Canuck. Northgard, Pitiful Human Lizard, and Fallen Sons, as well as two new unannounced titles. We have read many of these, and they're all great. Yeah, they're all great. I love the Captain Canuck stuff. Pitiful Human Lizard is so funny. Yeah, it's great. And they are going to do new printings of the uh, collected editions beginning in January at less than 10 bucks, nine ninety nine. Yeah, that's so awesome. Check out Canadian comics, guys. Chapter it's, House. Chapter House is kicking ass. They're making they big moves. Your money. Absolutely. They deserve your two bucks. Joe Patrick. Got bad news coming from the new Warriors desk. Don't cash in that squirrel girl. It's the speedball desk. <laughs> the speedball desk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's probably a bigger name than New Warriors. Yeah. I'll give you that. Don't cash in that squirrel girl nerd bet so soon, Joey. According to a report Wednesday morning by the Hollywood Reporter, that's what they do, they report, Marvel's half-hour scripted comedy featuring the New Warriors will not air on Freeform. Oh, boy. As we reported back in April. Instead, THR, not THN, mind you, reports the 10-episode show. That's the hockey news. Yeah. <laughs> The 10-episode show could land on Disney's forthcoming subscription streaming service, Ugh. which is good because we were just about to run out of subscription streaming services. <laughs> but that option also remains a long shot. I'm only subscribing to it if I can get every episode of iCar- oh, iCarly. iCarly? Yeah. iCar? iCarly. <laughs> the show's plot, which reportedly, quote, Tested through the roof and caught the attention of high-level Disney executives, which sounds like something that would come out of the White House with briefing. Right, yeah. Will be shopped to other outlets. The show was picked up straight to series at Freeform in April, but the network cannot find a slot for the show next year now, as it had originally attended. Something getting picked up straight to series is unusual. Usually it's like a pilot order. Um, I mean, yes and no. It's ha- It happens more and more these days. Yeah. Where they're like, we, look, we're hedging our bets and we're going for it. Like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., for example, was one that went straight to series. Well, and Freeform, f- Freeform, this all sounds kind of bad, but Freeform is owned by Disney. It right. used to be ABC Family. ABC is owned by Disney. So nobody, it's not like- Nobody likes families anymore, so it, we switched to Freeform. It's not like a, a third-party network was like, no. uh, pass. No, this is Disney <laughs> going, like, we're not going to put it there. Yeah. Marvel asked for New Warriors back, and Freeform obliged. Yeah, like they had any say in it. THR sources suggest Disney Marvel is limited to where they can shop the show, and since their streaming service isn't launching until late 2019, that might not be an option. Why are they limited to where they can shop the show? Because they want to keep it within Disney properties, probably, and ABC's not going to do it. They got shit on Fox. Yeah, I'm sure they do. But then there's what they do. They're selling the rights to Fox and Hulu's paying them for the rights to do whatever. Yeah. They want to keep this proper because they think it might be a hit, obviously. But the problem lies in the fact they don't have anywhere to put it right now. Maybe that's the problem. They liked it too much. They don't want to let it go. And because they don't want to let it go, they don't have anywhere to put it. Could be, which is a ridiculous problem to have, especially when you've already invested quite a bit of money in this, I'm sure. 
I, I mean, is they say that there's a pilot, but could it have been filmed already, or is it just a script they're talking about? I don't know. Let me ask you this. Are you relieved that you don't have to see it? Because <laughs> there's no way it's going to be good. Yes, there's, it's going to no, be good. No, it's not going to be good. good. No, it isn't. <laughs> you do this every time, Joe, and then your little heart breaks when you watch it. And sometimes you go like, no, I thought it was fun. And then a week later, you're like, it wasn't any fun at all. <laughs> Look. I know stages of grief. <laughs> I'm used to things about the new warriors coming back around and sucking. Yeah. So I'm not that concerned about it. I'm more concerned with winning the nerd bet. No, well, fair enough. So <laughs> yeah. figure it out. Freeform. The beatings from your new warrior <laughs> spouse can come later. I guess yeah, that's right. All right. Now listen to this nonsense from the Shazam desk. Yeah. From the Shazam desk. <laughs> Kingsman co-star Mark Strong is in talks to take the role of the villainous Dr. Savannah in the upcoming Shazam film, according to The Wrap. Wouldn't he be a better Mr. Mind? I mean, come on. Yeah, really. I mean, if we're going to (laughs) pick something. This would, of course, be Strong's second DC villain role as the actor played Sinestro in 2011's Green Lantern. But we don't have to talk about that. uh, Which is definitely a movie I left saying it wasn't that bad. And then later said, nope, it was shit. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Thaddeus Bodog Savannah, a mad scientist, is one of Shazam's oldest enemies. He appeared. (laughs) His middle name is Bodog? Bodog. (laughs) Okay. The character first appeared in Wiz Comics number two back in 1940, which is also the first appearance of Captain Marvel. He also, quite famously, is a tiny, ugly man. And that brings me to my question. Why can't Hollywood let us have an ugly bad guy? Okay. Well, in defense of this casting, Mark Strong is a very compelling villain. I love Mark Strong. And they can make him look scary and ugly and whatnot. Because if you look at the way Dr. Savannah is drawn, he's three feet tall and his head is two feet of it. Yeah. I mean, that you can't, you're not going to find you're exaggerating, that guy. but yeah, I mean, he's, you know, and, uh, he does not look like a human person. And I don't know that a mustache twiddling ugly dwarf <laughs> it's the answer but it's shazam like i just want I them to it. go for it hey, just go for it he's bold i want a talking tiger he's bold i want seven evil statues you're i want a get, big bearded okay, wizard nerd bet right now you're not getting tawny the tiger and if you do he doesn't talk I'll, here's a nerd bet tawny the tiger may or may not be in the film if he is he does not talk i'm okay i this is the bet i will make if talk if tawny is in the movie he talks okay i'm saying he does not talk nerd bet on nerd bet on there we go we have witnesses now. <laughs> we do. But I don't have a problem with Mark Strong. Mark Strong's a, con- a I don't have a problem with guy. Mark Strong, the actor. I think he's great. I think you can make him look scary. I don't think it's that important that Dr. Savannah is three foot six. He doesn't have to be three foot six, but like he's not this like so ripped what? up, handsome dude. Well, I mean, they can make him skinny That's actually the dichotomy of the 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 fun uh the the fun contrast of Dr. Savannah is that. Well, sure. It's like, he's like Jerry from Parks and Rec, right? right. He's married to Christy Brinkley. Uh, Doctor Savannah has a beautiful wife and godlike children. Yeah, and he is this like tiny monster man. Sure, and like it's just such a fun thing, and it's a cool visual. I just, I, I don't know that it would translate so well. I want it. To I know. hear you. I want them to go for it. I hear you, and we'll see. I want a CGI Doctor Savannah. You're not getting a talking Tony. I'll tell you what. <laughs> That is it for the big news this week. But we want to talk to you, not only about this, but everything you think we missed. You can call us shortly here. We need to introduce the question of the week first. But you can call us in just a minute. 
at 402-819-4894 or push the call now button on our faces book, right? So before we get into this, Joe Patrick, I need you to reset the question of the week that these nerds are discussing with us. This week's question comes from Brian Domingos, king of the THN forums. He asks, what is your favorite creator-owned book from a mainstream creator that is not from one of the big two, and he's including Vertigo and Icon in that grouping, which means no Preacher, no Transmetropolitan, no Scalped, etc. Yeah, it's got to be creator-owned at an indie label. An indie label. I mean, Image, though, um, you can argue about their indie status or not. They're not they're the big two. Own. That's not the question. Yeah, they're all creator-owned. Um, and so we're talking about relatively recognizable creators. Sure. Right? It's a great question. Well, it doesn't have it's to be a, just your favorite. I mean, no. Whatever. Creator-owned book from a mainstream creator. Uh, so that, know. like, somebody that's known for their work at Marvel or DC. Okay. So there's your news and your question, Joey. Open the phone lines! Open the phone lines. Are open. That's not really what we did. Call us. Let's talk. What do you think? Mark Strong is Dr. Savannah? Well, Good morning, hey. Cotton. New Warriors not coming to Freeform and maybe not going anywhere. Do we need it? Do you care? We need it. Did you finish Stranger now Things? Now more than ever, the world needs the New Warriors. Did you see Thor? Let's find out. Someone's calling us right now. Thank you for calling THN Cover to Cover. Caller, who this? Your resident root. Ah, you got it. You got it. You got it. It's JD catching. Stick the landing. Stick the landing. (laughs) JD, how you doing, brother? What do you want to rap about? Good, Joe. You took all my. You took all my dudas mojo. That's why I I, I screwed up my intro. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. That's that's how Joe Patrick goes. He sees somebody with a good stick. He jumps right on. It's a welcoming community. Me too. And (laughs) to to answer the to to tell the tale of why I am also now a dudas priest. Uh, I answered the call from a couple of friends that are getting married. You already told this story. I did? Yeah, and not only was it long, yeah, it was boring, too. Oh, all right, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> the bottom line is, I just need to be ready. I'm not going to put it into practice unless I need it. So there. What do you want to talk about this week, J.D.? Uh, well, start with the answer of the week. Okay. Um, the only one I could think of looking at my shelf is uh, Cullen Bunn. I Ooh, okay. I like the, I like the sixth gun better than anything he's done at Marvel. Without a doubt. Hands That's such down. a good answer. That's one of those things that Joe and I have talked every time we review a Cullen Bunn book. Uh, yeah. We basically say, like, man, this guy is so much better when he is playing in his own sandbox. We just reviewed yep. Dark Ark recently from, Dark Ark. from Boom. It is wonderful. Issue two came out last week, and it was even better than the first one. The guy is wildly yeah. talented. I think he's just now, but here's the other thing. He may be one of those guys where they trust to maintain status quo when they bring you on a book. You know what I mean? Like he'll do a perfectly good job stretching the story. Keep the out book a little afloat. Longer. Right. But maybe they don't let him bring big ideas to these titles. I don't know. Right. But it's pretty but obvious he's just, way better on his own. Yeah, he he, and he might and he might also be one of those guys that just doesn't play well with editors. That could be true. Know? Yeah. So. That could be true, you know, but I find but, it hard to believe with the amount of work that they give him. Yeah, I think it might right, be more right. likely that um, Colin Bunn is the sort of writer that's like, where do you need the story to go, editor X? Right. Uh, and, yeah, until the next, like, until the next big voice comes on, right? I don't the think next Bendis yeah. or whatever. I don't think he's a squeaky wheel, yeah. and I think he does all this stuff to fund his other projects. I absolutely agree oh, with that. Yeah, totally. Because the dude's it's got... Definitely the- 
the he, one for them, two for me, you know, type mentality. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because he not only is he doing a thousand creator-owned books at a thousand different publishers, right? He's also writing like short story prose <laughs> novellas. Yeah, and like the wow. dude is the dude is working like mad. We may find out that there's it. several Cullen Buns. At, at some point. Maybe it's like a multiplicity situation. Yeah. Maybe he's he's like a Michael Keaton or a Madrox to keep it nerd related. <laughs> multiplicity was a movie about cloning. I think we yeah, can count it as nerd but, related. Uh, Madrox was an X Men, so I win. Okay, uh, but he's <laughs> okay. Fine, whatever. <laughs> I appreciate no the call, problem, Jeff. Man. Always good to talk to you, man. All right, talk to you next week, guys. Talk to you See later. Ya. Thank you for calling THN Cover to Cover. Caller, who this? Hey, boys. This is Kyle Fox. Kyle Fox, you're Hello becoming there. a regular. Kyle's a regular. He's uh, been around for weeks. I know, I know. But I mean, like, he's becoming a regular Saturday morning thing. Oh, just hold your water. Let me turn that ringer off. Sorry, buddy. We got to give this guy a nickname, too. We'll get there. Let's let it happen naturally. Let's not force it. Okay. Eventually. Yeah. yeah. What do you want to wrap about today, Kyle? Uh, I was calling about the question of the week. All right, then. Let's get into it. So uh, I think my, my favorite, uh, I guess, indie uh, comic series that's kind of out right now would be really anything that Jason Aaron does. I'm I'm loving Southern Bastards. Yeah, I'm loving the Goddamned. Yeah, the Goddamned um, is awesome. It's so great. Yeah. I caught up a couple of weeks ago. It's so good. Is it even still coming out? Yeah, it's slow. I thought they only got out two issues. Did no, they get no, more no. than that? It's slow. Right, no, the good. first trade's out. First trade's out. And no, uh, and he said on his Twitter that that more are coming out, and he posted some preview art of the second. Uh, the second arc, but I mean, the goddamn is so like nasty and disgusting and yeah. filthy and raw, and it's it's just so much fun. Yeah, it is great. It's a dark Bible. <laughs> it's yeah. really really good. Jason Aaron's an excellent choice because Jason Aaron's a badass writer, and mm-hmm. I he seems to be one of those last like that wave of creators that came out of Marvel and blew up like Matt Fraction. And Rick Remender. Yeah. He's like one of the last ones that's actually still in Marvel. Yep. I'd say other than Bendis, he's probably. Yeah. Well, but Bendis was before those guys. No, I know. But I mean, I'm just saying like he's the biggest draw Marvel has, I think, other than. Yeah. I Bendis think that's safe in my say. mind. Like I like Dan Slott, but Dan Slott, I don't think is a. If well, they, if they I were think like Spider-Man sells what it sells because it's Spider-Man. Right. But I don't like know? I don't. But Thor as much right as I enjoy Dan Slott, I'm not I, I don't think that they could sell a book by, as. By superstar writer Dan. Well, they've Slott. tried a couple times now. You know, I mean, like, look at the She Hulk and look at. Yeah, I mean, the, the, well, those that was years ago, but yeah, true. Like true. if they if they announced Dan Slott was writing the Avengers, it would be probably good, but it's, you'd still sell Avengers. It would not numbers. be a spectacle. You're not going to see an uptick. Right. I don't think so. Kyle, are you still with us? Still with you guys. All right, we got to come up with a nickname for you. We're going to do it. I promise. Okay. What's wrong with the fox? Kyle, he's the fox. It's right there. Yeah, I guess it is right there. It just seems it's almost too easy. Is yeah, that what we're doing? It's almost too easy. Yeah. Foxy Kyle. That's not great. <laughs> oh, he sounds pretty good looking. I don't know. I mean, M- mull it over a little bit. All right. We'll kick yeah, it we'll, around. We'll, we'll kick it around. We'll, we'll workshop work it. Progress. All right. Thanks for your call, Kyle. <laughs> All right. No problem. Have a good day. See ya. We'll woodshed that one. Yeah. Yeah. That does not mean what you think it means. Yeah. You go to the woodshed and you work on it. That's no. Yeah. That's what woodshedding is. <laughs> no. Yeah. Now, when you take something out to the woodshed, it means you're like going to. Beat it, destroy it. I mean, maybe that's another meaning for it, but it's also where it, like full workshop. You're workshopping it. <laughs> the woodshed. I'm about to woodshed you if you don't oh shut my up. God. 
Thank you for calling DHN cover to color. Cover to cover. I'm speaking English. Caller, who dis? Brian Domingos. Brian Domingos. I've had too much coffee, and I apologize. Uh, I, you know what? Brian Domingos in, is, in my heart, always the king of the THN forums, but yeah. I really do like the nickname that Willie Toots came up with just casually off the cuff, and that's Dingo. Dingo? Yeah, he did. I like Dingo. <laughs> the Dingo. Yeah. <laughs> Brian Domingos ain't my baby. <laughs> Gross. Froming, coming from Toots, that's acceptable. Okay. There you go. All right. That's okay. fair. You're just that's a man fair. of many nicknames. From, from, it's fine. From from Mr. Toots himself, of course. Of yes. course. <laughs> what do you want to rap about today, Dingo? Um, I think there's a pretty good question of the week this week. There I is. Think. Yes. Um, I think you came up with it. About the... I, I don't it's know, okay. Who it's passable. Who remembers these things? <laughs> it'll get us through a um, show. It, it, you know, I'm just trying to help. Um, so I was. I think I'd have to go with uh, with Greg Rucka in Queen and Country. Okay. Ooh, I did you know, love like, Queen and, and Country. And that's just, and I think that's my only problem with it is that you say you did love it because it hasn't been around for like ten years. Yeah. And you know, it, it was something that could seemingly go on um, forever. Yeah. And he absolutely. Um, He's, you know, he did, I mean, the second arc of Queen and Country was written the summer of 2001, and it features, like, um, Tara Chase against Al-Qaeda before, you know, anyone in America knew what Al-Qaeda was. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah. You know, like, he was right there and doing all that cool stuff, and, um, you know, every book had a different artist, and, yeah. um, you know, Chris Sam, Chris Samney did an, uh, I don't know if you've heard of him. He yeah, did a, um, an never arc, heard of him. And, uh, you know, you know, it's like it's stuff like that. Like you go in, and you're like, wow, like there's a lot of really good material. Um, well, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like every two years, Queen and Country gets optioned for a TV show and then nothing happens. Yeah, it, it, it happens a lot. And I don't know if it has to do with there's like because they did the Whiteout movie that I mean, I haven't seen and I don't think anyone saw it. And it I don't was, think anyone cared. I heard it was very bad. It was not good. It was not good. It, yeah, so, it wandered. You know, like, I'll give you, there was a female main character. That was about as close as I got to the story. It was set in Antarctica. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, it was cold. It, you know, and so I don't know if they're like a little gun shy because of that, or it's like, like it's too hot politically because you can't, you can't do those kind of stories now and not deal with Russia. And I don't know, man, Homeland, Homeland was doing it. I mean, right there. And it was ripped straight from the headlines. I, I don't think I buy that. that. I don't know what's going no, on, that, but if that's they, a good point about Homeland. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, they, they need, they need to, I, yeah, I, I don't know if it's, if it's just sort of a, you know, a not dead property, but just, you know, spinning out. Cause I, cause I know Rucka was going to come back and it was him and Nicola Scott were going to do yes. um, an arc. But I mean, that was again, six. I mean, I, I feel like that was like pre new 52 just for like time purposes, like six yeah. years, six plus years ago. And, I think that was the last time um, we heard anything about it, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't know if he's given up for on those it or who, what, for those who don't know, uh, queen and country follows Tara chase, who is an, an agent, for MI6 that works for, you know, the British government. And they solve problems in a very different way than like American agencies, like the CIA would handle things because they just operate differently. Their operatives don't have guns and stuff like that. There's more diplomacy involved. They work with the military instead of being like a, an armed branch of the government. And it is so well-written and it is sort of Rucka's, I can't remember the show that he based it off of, but in the, in the first queen and country he it's, talks about uh, the show he used to watch on a bbc i think it was 
Sandbaggers, I, I think that's what. Yeah, oh, it was Sandbaggers. Sandbaggers, yes. Which is a new, yeah, I haven't seen it, but I think that's what the show was. I, I hadn't thought of that for fifteen years. But, yeah, and, but um, he's he had loved the show and wanted to adapt it to modern day. And God, it's wonderful. And in typical Greg Rucka fashion, he is writing a female lead character better than a lot of female writers write lead female characters. It's crazy. The guy is just good at what he does. Stately Lord, Stately Lord Fungus in the video chat uh, says that the Sandbaggers was a show that ran from 1978 to 1980. It was broadcast on ITV. Okay. Not the BBC. Forgive us. We're Americans. We only think you have one television station. I mean, as far as I know, they only have one, right? <laughs> you only, you just said you have no, like the, six different varieties of, of BBC. Remember the BBC song from Austin Powers? Oh, yeah. BBC one. <laughs> BBC two. BBC seven. BBC seven. Wow. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> well, that got derailed fast. Brian, thank you for your call, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Have a good one, guys. Bye. See you, Brian. Nice timing. Look at that. Thank you for calling. THN Cover to Cover. Caller, who this? Greetings, nerds. This is John from Jersey. Calling. Johnny, a jolly John from Jersey. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing fantastic. We're having the last uh, warm weather out here in Jersey this weekend before it starts getting just crappy for the winter but yeah, we mailed it to you it was here a couple days ago and we sent it <laughs> off so uh, i want to talk about thor ragnarok okay no spoilers no spoilers okay joe has have seen you it? seen it have, i have you, okay yeah okay i think it is by far the best thor movie yeah for yes 100 percent. by far it might be in my top five Marvel, but I like this kind of movie. If you recall, Guardians 2 is my favorite Marvel movie. Okay. So this is right in my wheelhouse. But what I really found interesting is I think they're leaning hard into the, the longer form storytelling than ever before because the end of this movie is not really an ending. Yes, you're me. right. Like uh, it, right. It, it's like a comic book ending. That's one it's of the like criticisms a, you, I've seen online. It's like... Well, I watched this movie and it was fun and everything, but it didn't end. It didn't end. Like, are you an right. idiot? I'm sorry. This is how comics work. Well, <laughs> and I mean, that's my point. I'm saying it's a feature, not a bug. Okay. I'm right. saying like, yes. this is, this is like, you're, you you got to get your ass to see Avengers Infinity War because you need to follow up with this. What right. is that thing there at the end? The yeah, holy like, crap, you better show up again. Like, and I don't want to, I don't want to spoil the ending of uh, Spider-Man, yeah, yeah, Home, yeah. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming for anybody. But if you think back to how that movie ended, we that find out ended the on a huge, is Uncle Ben. Right, exactly. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. that was we, weird. Like that movie ends on a pretty big cliffhanger beat as well, and yeah. I didn't hear anybody say shit about that. No, they know what they're doing. Yeah, and I love it. And I, I think I think that Marvel. I was worried for a while they were going to get too influenced by Disney um, to go more traditional filmmaking, where every film is its own standalone right. thing, which is great. And you know they can make that work. Too. I think, you know, the Iron Man movies all work pretty well as standalone films sure. disconnected. Sure. But the the really now now that we've got a new film coming out three times a year, they're all part of a bigger storyline. They all kinda work on their own. I mean, it's a golden age for me for, for Marvel movies. No, I'm totally right. with and, you. And I can see how it might get a little bit exhausting for some people. Like Infinity War, whatever the second one ends up being called. New Avengers. Here, yeah. 
Don't we'll, say I'm that. Calling my shot. Don't I'm calling say my no. shot on that. Do not say that. Uh, it'll I'm, it'll I'm be. I'm telling you, that's what's going to be. <laughs> God damn it! It'll be the conclusion of a 22 movie arc. Yeah, it's awesome. Yes, yeah. it's awesome. It's awesome. awesome for us. But I can see how like a more casual fan would be like, okay, already enough already. I like. I don't, don't want to watch an argument. I don't think anyone yeah, but out you know there. What? Those those folks those folks can go away because <laughs> what it's really building here with the new way media works now, where everything's at your fingertips. I got a six year old son, so he's seen Guardians two. He saw Thor with me, loved both. He hasn't seen a lot of those earlier movies because they're they're definitely longer form. You know, I mean, I don't know. The movies are a little slower, some of them. So, but someday. He and I are going to sit down and watch in order this entire storyline over the course of a year or so. Yeah. And, and that's what they're building. What? That's what is so amazing. To I don't buy the criticism that the, like people that went into this thinking, well, I have $11 and I'm choosing to spend right. it on one Thor movie only. <laughs> yeah, and I'm right, going to right. Thor 3 and that's it. Wait a minute. I have to see more of this thing that I loved. You know, like, yeah, no, that's, no, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying like, if you liked the first two Thor movies and you want to see Thor 3, that's fine. And I, you know, I kind of disagree that it doesn't have an ending. It does have an ending. Right. It just yeah. doesn't, it doesn't, it just doesn't come to the finest point that people sure. might want. Sure. I guess, I guess my point, I guess my point is more, it's not like a traditional movie where everything wraps up and then maybe there's a stinger of the hand of the villain at the end that maybe the story continues. This definitely has a, a thematic end. I mean, a great thematic end right. for a, a chapter in Thor's story, but it definitely is now giving us the first few pages of the next chapter. That's awesome. Right, yes. And that's awesome. And, I, and I'm fine with that. Yeah, I, like, I, yeah, it, I love it, it. it. I absolutely love it. Well, if it you don't does know what you're getting a, into by now, you're not paying attention. It does it in a way, and it does it in a way that... Uh, that doesn't feel forced. Right. Like Avengers Age of Ultron was the end of whatever phase that was, phase two. Yeah. That we're not going to change anything too much this phase. So right. we're back to phase three. And there was that scene with Thor in the in the freaking cave pool. Right. Where yeah. he has a where he goes on a vision quest to learn about the infinity stones. And that is yeah. so out of place with the rest of the I movie. Agree. Yeah. It was like they were like, I Oh agree. shit, we forgot to kick the ball downfield. Right. We need to shove this in here so that we can set up whatever the next one was after that, Iron Man and, 3 or whatever. And well, Iron I'm Man 3 didn't honest, have anything to do with anything. No. And if I'm being honest, that's why I'm glad Joss Whedon is out. He can go to DC and screw them up. I think Joss <laughs> Whedon is an amazing, I think he's an amazing world builder when he has complete control. Yes. Yes. And he yes, doesn't right. have complete control in Marvel. And so I think the weaknesses in his, it, and it really wasn't too much in Avengers because that was the thing everything built too. They weren't really building past that except for the stinger. Right. But with Avengers two, there was a whole lot of world building going on beyond just that movie. And I don't think he knew how to handle it. Right. And I have, well, either he didn't know how to handle it or he was upset that there was too much right. and he wouldn't and be able to control it. I mean, I think he was tired of working in the machine. Yeah. You know, the Hollywood. I think that's yeah, it. Yeah. They're like, you're uh, in charge sure. of this. He's in charge of this. They're in charge of that. And he's like, but uh, should I, I be mine? I have like, I have nothing but confidence in the Russo brothers. Yeah. Because those last yeah. two Captain America Absolutely. movies are so good. Yeah. Like if you ask me, if you ask me my top five Marvel movies. Yeah. Yeah. 
What's your top five Marvel movies? Right this minute, I might say that Thor Ragnarok is my favorite. <laughs> But it's yeah, good. Right? I, I'm not counting. I'm not counting Spider-Man: Homecoming because sure. it's 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 part of it, but it's not exactly the same. Sure. Um, right. Right. I think I think Captain America: Winter Soldier and Civil War are probably one and two. No, yeah. I, I agree, and I think I don't think there's an argument that the Captain America movies have been the best. I don't yeah. think there's an I mean, argument and, to be made. And I and I love Guardians, yeah. but it's such a different movie tone tone right. wise. And they're gonna bring Guardians well, uh, in. That's what's obviously. so great. I mean, that's what's so great, though, right? You've got all of these different almost subgenres within, I mean, just right now you said Spider-Man Homecoming is its own thing. That's fantastic. That's its own line of comics yeah. within these movies, you know, and guardians being, having a different tone and being its own thing, being the cosmic line. Yeah. I, I think it's, I think that Disney, who I'm a big fan of Disney in general, like the parks and everything. But I think if, if Iger just lets Feggy keep doing what he wants to do, I trust them for phase six or seven or beyond. Well, I mean, as long as the money's rolling in, I don't see why they yeah, don't. Yeah, right. I, well, there's I no reason changes. to stop him now with the amount of cash. I mean, that they're it's, it's foreign and domestic are huge on all the. Yeah. I mean, DC is going to have real problems with the domestic going forward. I think. Yeah. I mean, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman was great, but if Justice League doesn't hit another home run, I think they're going to lose a lot of trust with the fan base. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and you can't just put Wonder Woman in there and expect us to look at right. everyone else that we have not liked and two and, new characters and costumes that are ridiculous to go. Well, I'll forgive it because Wonder Woman's here. <laughs> and, and not to be not to be a nitpicker or, or too critical. Hold on a second, Jack. I'm the phone with two-headed nerd. You gotta give me a sec. Um, what, what, what I wonder outside of the right now where we are politically moment where Wonder Woman was much needed and very well received. Is the Wonder Woman franchise actually a strong franchise, or is it just that one movie was? so much what everybody needed it to be, both as DC fans and yeah. as feminists and, yeah. and where we are. Will, will the sequel have that same power? Or does it, have, does it have so much to live up to that it can't? Yeah, who knows? I mean, that's who the knows? scary part. Is it like, is it, are we going to expect it to be the absolute best thing ever? And if it's yeah, even right. slightly less than that, bleh, I quit. Hey, we got another call yeah. coming in. I got to let you yeah, go, John. Yeah, guys, it was great talking to you. Good to talk to you, buddy. See you soon, or talk to you soon. Thank you for calling THN cover to cover. Caller, who this? Hey, gentlemen, this is Cotton, Blunted Custodian. Hello, Cotton. How are you doing? Good morning, fellas. Hey, just calling in with uh, my answer of the week. Let's hear it. Uh, well, off the back, it's got to be Invincible uh, you know, by Robert Kirkman. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I know the image was considered not necessarily part of the big two, but uh, just. No, that counts. That totally counts. Yeah, image is definitely but, not part of the big two. And Kirkman did have a, did make a name. Um, he didn't necessarily get a start at Marvel, but he definitely wrote some some big Marvel books. Yeah, and I definitely think it counts. Kirkman, another one of those guys that's definitely better on his own. I agree. Right, right. We talked earlier with somebody about Cullen Bunn and how much they love the Six Gun, and for some reason, when Cullen Bunn and I'm not trying to tell you that you should not be enjoying his X book that he's writing right now. If you love it, good for you. I don't think it's very good. And I don't think his superhero output has been very good. And I would say the same thing for Kirkman. But do you think it's not good or is it just not? It's not good. Doing it for you. It's not good. Like, I think those are two different things. And we talk about that a lot. It's like, not a question of whether. Because it's, it's supposed I've, to be I've doing read it a lot me. of his X-Men books. I've read <laughs> his, some of his Jean Grey. And it's not that they're bad. They're just, 
I don't care about the direction that they're going. That's what I, yeah. But that I does mean, not, that doesn't make them good. It's just like, I wish they'd get over it. I would say that's part of it not being good. No, but they're well executed is what I'm saying. And like, Colin Bunn is not a bad writer. No, I mean, it's serviceable. I'll give you that, but that's not going to, I'm not going to give it a You're good just read. not going to budge, are you? Yeah, I'm not. Sorry. Like, He's better on his own. When I read a book like Dark Ark or I read a book like Invincible, I go, every issue. I mean, even like the worst Invincible issue is better than anything that DC has done with Superboy for I don't know how many years. Right. Right? Right. That's yeah, fair. Absolutely. And we constantly say Invincible is the best Superboy comic book you'll ever read. Cotton, All right, Cotton. Have a good one. Have a great day. Boys, behave yourself. Never. <laughs> that guy always nails it. To the point. Total badass. Let's uh let's check in with our mystery husband real quick. Oh, nope, nope. Hold on. James Kaplan is calling us live. He sent in an MP3. What? Thank you for calling Two-Headed Nerd, cover to cover, James Kaplan. I'm not going to ask who this is because I'm so excited you're calling us live. I'm excited too. How are you guys doing? Doing well. <laughs> what do you want to talk about today? How did you know it was him? It said on the caller ID, James Kaplan. Oh, it came up with his name. It asked, yeah. me, to, I, 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 it asked me for my name and I... I I, I complied. So. Okay. Oh, man. All right. Yeah. It's these other guys. That he say, named like, names. Sneaky McFart doctor. I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. <laughs> I don't think that's your real name, though. Uh, I definitely want Um, I had an answer for the question of the week, but after seeing Thor last night, I, I think I really wanted to talk about Thor. I, I haven't listened to what you guys have been saying, but but I loved it. Yes. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, we're keeping it spoiler free. Yeah, Matt hasn't no seen it I don't yet. See no, I'm absolutely. going tomorrow. Um, But yeah, I agree. I, I really, really loved it. I it was a treat, and I yeah. Go ahead, James. Oh no, I was just gonna say yeah. No, I felt the same way. I, I it finished, and my first thought was that was just so much fun. Like it was just such a fun movie. Like everything about it was just delightful. I loved the humor. I actually liked the way they mixed humor and seriousness even more than I feel like. I feel like it's even better in balance than the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, which as much as I, I, I love those, I sometimes feel like they sort of veer veer from kind of juvenile humor to schmaltzy. Whereas this, I thought, just struck a really good, funny balance, a uh, nice balance between the right. humor and cl- clever humor and like genuine moments. You nice know? use of schmaltzy, by the way. I love that. Whenever Yiddish gets thrown around <laughs> on the show, I get excited. So, <laughs> Well, I'm a, ca- I'm, I, I'm a Kaplan. I'm going to use schmaltzy. So fair enough. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> Oy vey. <laughs> uh, Let me ask uh, you real quick. I, Both of you loved Thor. Absolutely loved it. Yep. Yes. There is some criticism yes. online that it is too funny. Okay. Too wacky. I have a thought on this, and I, I don't necessarily, th- I don't think that those criticisms are unfounded. It's just a matter of like your mileage may vary, right? Okay. Like yeah. you're either into it or you're not into like it. Like if you're reading the Thor comic book right now, there is nothing funny going on it could not be more serious right and i like i kind of like the take the marvel studios take on thor as kind of this goofy you know he yeah he's thor he's very powerful right and you know he has those moments of of super awesome at the end of the day he's a bro right <laughs> but you're right at the end of the day he you know tony calls him point break yeah you know and he's kind of a doofus like <laughs> yeah. it's fun yeah. he doesn't really understand earth culture like yeah. I, it's it's a funny thing. Good looking, kind of dumb, you know. <laughs> um, Thor Ragnarok is so funny that there are moments of where James brought up the serious moments. I actually um, was thinking back, and I was having such a fun time watching Thor that when these serious things happened, 
they didn't really hit me with the impact I think that maybe they should have. That is exactly the criticism that I read from some like film reviewers. Uh, David Biancooli, who I really like, works for NPR, and I trust hell of that guy, said the movie is fun, it's fun, it's fun, it's funny, it's great, it's full of humor, but the serious stuff, the serious beats don't work. Uh, it's, it's not a spoiler to say that Hella shows up on Asgard. It's she, in all the what? trailers. Um, <laughs> I, I am I am definitely Tell me interested. she doesn't break the hammer. Tell me nothing like that happens. <laughs> uh, I'm definitely interested, Matt, in hearing your take on what happens immediately after Hella arrives on Asgard. Okay, all right. Uh, because that scene in particular, I feel like should have had some heft. And for me, I just kind of like rolled with it and didn't like it wasn't shocking. Okay. Uh, but to counteract that, at the end of the movie, when I was thinking back about how much I liked it and how much fun I had, I didn't care. It's not. It's not that I didn't care what happened in the movie, but I didn't. I wasn't mad about not feeling those more serious beats. I James, just I'm had, assuming you agree. I just had so much fun. Um, yeah, I just I. Yeah, no, I think I agree. I mean, I guess I would say that, I, you know, as I think about it, some of that maybe makes sense. And I, and I know the scene that, that Joe was talking about. Um, and I think it's, you know, there's maybe some fair criticism there. But I guess I would say that by the end of the movie, like, I, I cared about what happened to all these people. Like, you care, like, so they must be doing something right, because I very much care about what happens to all the characters. And, you know, I felt like the ending had some genuinely moving and kind of emotional moments and like, and I felt the weight of it, but like, yeah, I mean, I suppose that's a criticism, but I I don't know. I guess I would say that my primary motivation in um, going to a, uh, you know, a superhero movie is I want to be entertained. I want to enjoy it. And so so like, I frankly lean more towards the movies that are going to be a little bit lighter. Like uh, unlike some, like many people, like I liked Logan just fine. I didn't love it. Um, you know, it wasn't, it just, it wasn't really my jam. So, I I mean, at the end of the day, uh, it's a movie based on a ridiculous comic book concept, right? It's everything's neon. It's Jack Kirby out the ass, right? It's so Kirby centric. It should be. I mean, when they go into Marvel space, it should be wackadoo. The the music is 1980s synth pop video game. Like Mark Mothersbaugh and, did the music. And, it's amazing. I love and Mark am- Mothersbaugh. I too. And, and amazing and wonderful use of uh, one of the greatest songs ever, Emerson's oh, song. The, so, the Led Zeppelin. Um, oh, man. Like, I like chills <laughs> up and down my whole yeah, body. And, yeah, uh, I thought the visuals, I thought the visuals were spectacular. I actually, I mean, obviously there's plenty of comic movies that look like comics, but this one to me really, like, it looked and felt like like uh, an actual real Marvel comic brought to life. And nice. so like, I, I can't think of much better praise than that. And, um, yeah, you know, and I agree I thought, 100%. Like, I, and I was so, I was thrilled that they must've realized maybe they saw Ghostbusters, which, you know, people had mixed feelings about, but certainly one takeaway from that movie was, Oh yeah. Chris Hemsworth is funny. Yeah. Like, that's a funny, he's a funny guy. He is yeah. a funny he guy. Is. Like if you watch him in interviews and stuff, he is hilarious. And they're constantly like whenever you read like notes from the set or whatever, it's always Chris Hemsworth fucking around, messing with people, teasing people, trying to screw them up on their lines and stuff. They love the guy. Yeah. He is a comedian. He really and he's gorgeous. (laughs) He is. What a curse. He's definitely the best looking of all the Hemsworths. There are three. Right. One of them's not an actor, or maybe he's only been in one thing. Well, but then yeah, he's Liam's used, the other one. Liam's the other one. Yeah. He was um, uh, the Hungry Games. Yes, he was in the Hungry Games. Yeah. He played uh he played uh Gail. Yeah, the one um, that she should have hooked up with and just shut up. 
and the movie's over. Everybody's right, though his her her true love, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> so Lord Fungus says Reaction, hungry game fans. <laughs> uh in the chat, uh stately Lord Fungus says that everyone that loved Thor Ragnarok should check out what we do in shadows. Yes. Taika Waititi's. Uh, that's kind of uh, a movie that put him on the map. It's like a documentary about uh, <laughs> vampires a, yeah, living a, in New it's Zealand. Final tap with vampires. Oh yeah. my god, it's amazing. And, <laughs> it's so funny. I just heard that they're doing a sequel. <laughs> they're doing, they're coming out with a, a sequel, and it's either called Swearwolves, which is a joke from the first movie, right? Or uh, it's werewolves, but W H E R E werewolves? Question mark. James, thank you for your call. I am super excited to see Thor. Yeah, yeah, it, you, you're gonna you're gonna enjoy it. I so. can't wait. Right, Thanks good, a lot, good, buddy. Thank you, good, James. Good talk to you guys. Yeah, you too. Hey, and happy birthday yep. yesterday. Oh, happy birthday, everyone. Oh, thank you. Twenty two is an important Bye. age. Don't waste it. Okay. <laughs> I wish. All right. <laughs> Staley, uh, Staley also asks uh, for those of you watching. Oh yeah, it's called Weirwolves. W e apostrophe r e Weirwolves. <laughs> oh, Thank you. <laughs> uh, for those of you watching the video chat, he asks, "Is anyone else getting really annoyed with Matt's hair trying to escape his head?" What's it doing? It's, I just do I have one falling this, down. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. like he's trying to get away. Yeah, fix that. Jesus, you Bad. guys, come on. Look, it's a visual medium yeah, now. it's true, it's true, it's true. I didn't maybe, do my makeup this morning. Maybe I apologize. put forth a little effort. All right, all right. We're going to our voicemails. Hey, honey, it's me. Just uh, giving you a quick call in regard to favorite mainstream creators ongoing series. Uh, I'm just This just came off the top of my head, so I didn't have a lot of time to think about it, but... Uh, the one that I immediately thought of was the IDW Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, series. I'm currently reading it in the uh, the um, complete editions, which are pretty awesome. Collects everything in chronological order. Just a great series. Uh, it does. It's the perfect synthesis between uh, the com- the original comics, uh, Beast Man and Laird, the cartoon, and new stuff. It's just. It's. I love the turtles. I, I, I love what the series is doing. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, all I got. Uh, talk to you later. Love you. Bye. Love you too, buddy. It's always good to hear from a mystery husband. I'm not really sure he answered the question. He didn't really answer the question. It's not really in the spirit, but he is right. The IDW Ninja yeah. Turtles book is the Ninja Turtle book you've always wanted to read. It really is. If you liked Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles when you were a kid, and then you were upset that they got you know pizzafied and everything and went to Archie Comics, they have returned very much to the spirit. Pizzafied. Yeah, because everything was pizza, bro. Pizza, pizza. We got a truck to shoot pizza. So it's like all they did. Oh, man, I wish somebody stupid. would do it. Pizzafy me. <laughs> I want to get pizzafied. But it is the TMNT book you've always wanted to read. Thank you, mystery husband. It's always good to hear from you, and we love you so much. You'll never know. Oh, check <sighs> out this guy. My heart. It's been so long. It has been. Yeah. Next I'm not call. sure who it is. I'm checking. Google Voice. Okay. I mean, I got it. Let's see. Hey, guys. How's it going? It's Crep, Colin. Or rather, I'm oh, sorry. Uh, Anthony currently yeah, presiding in Brooklyn. Crap. What is that? Uh, but I think we're at <laughs> that stage in our relationship where you just call me Crep because <laughs> what everybody calls me. I ain't calling you Crep. Uh, I don't right? think so. <laughs> it's gross. So all my friends I'm call d- me. Whatever. Anyway, you don't care about that. What you do care about is the fact that I walked out of Thor just now. And it was fucking awesome. Okay. Um, I didn't know where we were going. If you want to watch a film filled with 
laughter, fighting, and lasers, go see Thor. It was really fun. No spoilers here. Don't worry. Uh, I'll dispel some criticisms you're going to hear already. Uh, the story is not very linear. Who fucking cares? It was like turning the page of a comic book. You know what I'm saying? So shut up. Uh, this movie wasted Carl Urban. Who fucking cares? Disagree. Uh, the movie's not called Carl Urban. It's called Thor, and it's fucking great. So <laughs> had a great time and enjoyed it. Hope you guys do, too. I can hear Joey already, actually. Uh, I think somebody's been drinking. No, but I did have a giant <laughs> soda, a giant popcorn, <laughs> and a hot dog. I well, think that means that'll mess any guy up. I feel fine. That will mess like, up. I think a normal any person guy. would eat that and drink that and be like, oh, I feel sick. But I didn't at all. I feel great. Anyway, hope you guys are well. Uh, sorry I haven't called in in a while. I'm completely obsessed with uh, Minnesota Vikings football. Skull Vikings. There you go. Uh, take care, guys. I miss you. Hope you're well. Bye. Well, it doesn't hurt Anthony. that Aaron Rodgers isn't playing anymore, so you pretty much clinched your division, you assholes. <laughs> Anthony, Anthony, crap. We're not, I missed you. I missed you, too. We're not calling you crap. That sounds like... Look, Ben, you can call in even if you just want to talk. It just sounds like some type of cough that an infant or a dog gets. We just something. need to get used to it. We just He's need got to get the used crap. to it. <laughs> oh, it'll clear up. Take a couple pills. That crap will clear up. I think they vaccinated us for it when we were kids. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, we have those three little marks for the crap. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Say the Lord Fungus has been chatting at us all morning let's see what he left us in our gmail <laughs> i love his email <laughs> libyans <laughs> queenie are you okay why peasant <laughs> well you're sort of going a bit back to the future what playing chuck berry to a bunch of white high schoolers no i mean disappearing from the family photos mom hang on what date is it it's nearly bonfire night mom ah Best we get to the royal box, then. The royal box? The time machine, you oh. prick. Oh, my. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, exactly where are we? Not where, but when. When? What do you mean by when? We, you pillock, are in the year of our Lord, 1605. No, seriously. When are we? Me, I only asked. (laughs) Fine, fine. Look, why are we here? Two reasons. Firstly, we need to apprehend the brigand and potential demolition expert, Guy Fawkes. And secondly, to answer the question of the week. Oh, shall we split up? No, you prat. What's the use in that? Look, there's that Viva Vendetta looking bastard now. (laughs) After him. While we're running, tell the nerd your answer. Okay, well, uh, my answer to the question of the week is Astro City by Kurt Busiek. Yes! Uh, it's an incredible anthology cleverly hidden behind the ongoing stories with the many shapes and sizes I really thought it was going to be Viva Vendetta. The, eponymous city. the artwork is tremendous, vibrant, and the colours are absolutely frameable. The stories always manage to touch a nerve or two. They're open, they're honest, and they are a great, fantastic portrayal of life in Astro City. They're almost the full-colour flip side of the Watchmen smiley badge. Stately, shut it a second. Oh, uh, have you got him in your sights, ma'am? Shall I unsheathe your blunderbuss? Not quite, Stately. I'm a good shot, but I'm no quartermain. We need to get closer. Hang on. Do you feel that rumbling? <laughs> oh, bugger, the time machine's <laughs> leaving the foley work. Fuck it and tits! Run, or we'll be stuck here. Queen's oh, gonna too mouth. late, it's gone. Oh, hell, what do we do now, ma'am? Well... 
It's on a looping mechanism, so at some point in the next few weeks, it should come back for us. But until then, we make the best of our new home. Welcome to 1605, Stately. Now let's find a comic shop, pick up this week's new releases, and get <laughs> wankered in the local tavern. Any chance of the Queen's English segment? Oh, oh, yes, of course. The phrase for this week is one I'd use to describe you right now. Totally cack-handed. Say it with me, nerds. Totally, totally cack-handed. It means cack-handed. you're an uncoordinated bellend for stranding us in 1605. Thank you, Mom. I'm sure the nerds will appreciate it. Yes. Right. This is QE2 saying, tune in next week, nerds. Same time, different fucking year, thanks to this pillock. <laughs> Thank you, Mom. The Queen has really got a mouth on her. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> that took me places. Yeah. That I. What a journey. Yeah. What a journey. We were all over the place, man. That was great. Uh, Astro City. Okay, yeah. Astro I'm trying to help you out here. <laughs> <laughs> Come on back. Well, when they went to, they went back to capture Guy Fox. I thought he was going to talk about Viva Vendetta. Well, Viva Vendetta came out through DC. No. Yeah. It didn't. It came out through, uh, I think, Warrior Magazine or one of the British magazines. Okay, it was reprinted, reprinted by at DC. DC. That's right. right. You're right. Okay. Um. It, it, I Warrior don't magazine being a British comic book, right? I don't remember if it was Warrior, but I think it was. I think it was a published originally in England. You know who knows this? You keep you keep talking. I will. Uh, Astro City. I couldn't agree more. It's so wonderful. It's so wonderful, and I can't believe that I didn't think of it until this moment. But yeah, it, it's everything you love about superheroes, just homaged in the most thoughtful and appreciative way. Quality Communications put it out. <laughs> I don't know. But UK. what was the name of the... It just says Quality Communications. Vendetta okay. uh, is a British graphic novel written by Alan Moore, illustrated by David Lloyd, with additional art by Tony Weir, published by DC Comics. Later versions were published by Vertigo, an imprint of DC Comics. Um, oh, well, Quality, that's DC. Yeah, yeah, that's DC. Came out from DC. There you go. What am I thinking of then? Maybe I'm know. thinking of From Hell. Could be. No, no, no. The first episodes of V the Vendetta appeared in black and white between 1982 and 1985 in Warrior, a British anthology comic published by Quality Comics. Quality Communications. Oh, different company then. Because Quality, the company. It might be a British division or something. National Comics was DC, not Quality. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And this wasn't Uh, that old. That's. No, no, no. Yeah, right, right. Way back, way back. Uh. So yeah, I just thought I thought that they were gonna he was gonna say V for Vendetta. Yeah. Uh, uh, one of my favorite things you were talking about how Astro City homages all the superhero stuff that we love. One of the other things Astro City does is gently fix problems with things that you recognize in storylines that you may not have loved about the character it's homaging, where v, they get a chance to do it right sometimes in yeah. Astro City, and it's wonderful. It's so wonderful. And it's just Kurt Busiek's open love letter to every Marvel and DC character that he's always wanted to write and do crazy shit with that they wouldn't let him. Man. Yeah, I love that series. Astro I, City is fantastic. I, I, I got off track somewhere when it was doing those. It, it wasn't just an ongoing series for a long time. It was like a one shot here and there. And then it was like a six issue 
trilogy. Yeah, yeah. And I just, I lost the plot somewhere. And so I have not read Astro City in years. But in true Astro City fashion, you can jump right back in with yeah. any new storyline. Yeah, I know. I yeah, just, come on. I know. I just, and you yell at people for this all the time. I know, I know, I know. But I, I like, I want to read it all. And You're so the worst. I want to figure out where I <laughs> fell off and then go back. I just need to find the time. Yeah, you you really fell I'm off, just, all right. I'm just right cack handed. There's a guy that only, you are right cack handed. Let's go to somebody who's not Mr. Randy Andrews. Hello, this is Randy Andrews, and I am calling in for the question of the week. It is about creator owned books. I'm so excited for this one because Phil Hester is my favorite creator uh, that wrote for um, Mythic. The book uh, by Image. Uh, great book. Really fun. Uh, I mean, everybody loves his work on The Wretch, uh, which is an amazing piece of artwork and uh, just amazing writing, too. And Phil Hester's just great. So that's my answer for the question. But also, I wanted to ask Matt specifically about the vinyl stickers that you have for two-headed nerd yeah i want to be able to get stickers sure. made for oh. soundtrack alley yeah and so i'd smug. like to know where i can make them so that's currently what's on my mind um in further news coming up very soon within this very month in fact it will happen black friday <gasps> the new soundtrack alley intro will be introduced by Alexander Shebel. Uh, he designed and composed the interview, or not the interview, the actual, uh, the actual composition for my new intro. Oh, I'm so excited for that's it. Amazing. Can't wait for everybody to hear it. Very so that's cool. all for today, guys. Hope you have a good day and see you next time. That is Bye amazing. Bye for now. Congratulations, Bye, Randy. Randy. Uh, so real quick to address his answer, Phil Hester, absolutely wonderful choice. Mythic, Mythic is a great book. It's it died uh, too soon. I wish, yeah, it went too soon. Yeah, it, it didn't so have good. a chance to. But the trade thing. is out there, and I think it was one of those image ten dollar trades. So if you can find it, yep. pick that shit. John McRae of Hitman Man. did the art, and this was like John McRae stepping outside of what we usually see from him and really well, going nuts. His art's kind of evolved a bit since the last time you read him on a regular basis. No, but, but you yeah. still see him fill in and do stuff here and there. I mean, but this was just beautiful. Yep. Yeah. Uh, great answer. I love Mythic. So Randy Randy contacted me on Facebook. He's like, hey, where'd you guys get the stickers? And I was like, I don't fucking know. He's some friend I, of no, I'll, I'll Randy, I will send you a Facebook message and I'll tell you who to contact. Just tell him. Tell I him about people. Uh, Didn't they have a company name? Yeah, it's a, well, yes, but it's a thing. It's I'll, a thing. It's, it's a, thing. a it's I'll, a secret. No, it's not a secret. I'll dry, I'll Andy, I will send you all the information. They're branding stuff right now. Gotcha, so, gotcha. You know. How it goes. Let's check in with BS the three. That was anticlimactic. It should have started right away. I apologize. What can you do? There we go. Hey nerds, this is BS3. I will not be listening live because I'm going to be playing Uncaged World of Fighters. Hey! The, the, oh, Uncaged World Fighters, the collectible card game. 
Not collectible card game. Boy, I'm messing all this up. I'm going to be playing it tomorrow. I just came in the mail, so a friend of mine and I are meeting tomorrow. But anyways, I did want to answer the question of the week. Uh, the question of the week was on... Sponsorship uh, justified. Um, big two creators that made something that isn't in the big two. Uh, irredeemable. That's the title of the decade for me. Yeah. Love it, love it, love it. Mark Wade, he is, you know, big two creator but uh that that whole universe that he made was great i wish i could name something that hadn't ended but the only stuff i'm reading right now are big big trouble in little china and um flintstones so sorry i'm out of the loop gang all right uh, see you later, guys. i'm going to go try and sprawl counter punch and knee bar some people adios we oh. did it charlie there you we go charlie John. It works. He sent us a Facebook message saying, hey, look what I ordered. Your sponsorship works. And I was like, that's great. And he was like, yeah. But I went to the site where they have like a little thing where it's like, how did you hear about it? And podcast was not one of them. So he can't tell them. <laughs> like, come on, Charlie Tron. Do you want to know if this works or not? I mean. Oh, no. <laughs> come on. Other, I guess. Yeah. Other. He chose other. Right. He said because there wasn't a section of like two-headed comic nerd. <laughs> I'll have to tell Charlie. That spouts bullshit. Already. I'll have to tell Charlie. <laughs> Uh, Irredeemable was the answer? Irredeemable was the answer. Great book. Wonderful book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, we got the locust. See if you can get us on tack. Okay, funny story about Harvey real quick. Uh, A while ago, he called in and he started talking about uh, Batman the the Widening Gyre, right? And every time he said gyre, I cringed a little bit because I thought it was gyre. I'm wrong. It's pronounced gyre. No shit. <laughs> yeah. It's pronounced gyre. Because I thought you were just uh, making things up just now. No. It's really pronounced gyre. It's really pronounced gyre. I checked it out on like merriamwebster.com. Press the pronunciation. says gyre. Gyre. Yeah. There you go. Gyre. Still hated the book. Regardless. Yeah. I mean. Hey, nerds. Locust here. Uh, I got a meeting with uh, Admiral Nelson here in a few minutes, so I don't think I'll be able to... <laughs> Cringe my ass up we, off the We can't all afford the captain, the you know. But I wanted to call in and give a big, big, big shout out to Tim Benson. Um, if you guys don't know, I have a small Facebook page called Nerdvertising. That's advertising. Just yeah. replace the A with an N-E-R. I don't get it. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, on that page, I post... Um, old comic book ads that as you know getting lost to the ages and with trades being as popular as they are and whatnot i always liked it i always appreciated ads in comics and yeah. tim benson is a binder and he hooks me up mailed me he didn't have to do this he mailed me <laughs> you guys both live in a omaha big box full of ads so if you guys like advertising advertising from comic books please Feel free to check out the page, like it. I promise I will not inundate you too much with posts and whatnot. I try to keep it maybe one, two most at a day, you know. I'm not going to go crazy with it, so I won't be blowing up your pages. But thanks, guys, and thank you, Tim. You're a, you're a real faint among men. Look, Tim Benson, Bye. man. Everybody loves that guy. It's true. That's uh, awesome, though, Tim. So Very ner- sweet of you. Nerdvertising. Nerdvertising. Yeah, plug for nerdvertising. Okay. I, I just... I had heard I had, I had heard about it a long time ago, and I don't remember the context. Maybe Harvey had mentioned it to me or invited me to it or whatever. Um, but I just finally found it again when I saw his post on Facebook thanking Tim. Yeah, and I went to it, and it's it's awesome. It, it's not 
it's not necessarily comic book ads. Not not like like advertising the next issue of whatever. No, it's the crap it's that they actually like advertised. Like when you go to order a monkey in the mail. The Spalding <laughs> basketball ad yeah, that yeah, was yeah. drawn by Don Martin yeah. that features Dr. J. Cool. It, it, it's, That's it's, awesome. Yeah, it's those, those old ads that you remember right. so often. The old Twinkie the Kid seeing, comics and stuff. Um, the one I just saw was that lady, uh, the Bonkers Candy ads from oh, the yeah. 80s where it was yeah. like, the cartoon version of that lady from the commercials buried under giant fruit. Uh, it's just like, and it like, yeah, it's all like it's advertising. They were trying to get you to buy stuff. Of course. But it, like, it really triggers a nostalgic response. It's so fun. That's awesome. Nerdvertising. Check Nerd-vertising. it out on Facebook. Nerdvertising. Absolutely. And Tim Benson. What a guy. All right, Willowa. Let's do the Willowa march. Here we go. I love it. <laughs> hey nerds, Willowa here, back with the question of the week. This one's especially difficult for me since I spend most of my comic time outside the big two. There are just too many heavy hitters out there that do great creator on stuff. Just choose one, so I'll cheat and go for two. Scott Snyder and Jeff Lemire combine their massive talents for their graphic novel After Death, which manages to be both a small reflective character piece and a soul-crushing epic that is truly beautiful, maddening, and unpredictable. It does kind of blur the lines between graphic storytelling and prose, but it still is a must-read for anyone looking for something a little off the beaten path. I believe I first heard about it on your show, so I guess I should really thank you, since it's entirely possible I would have missed this one. The hardcover is out now, so go check it out. That's it for the Willowa. Later, Gators. Willow, uh, that's what we do, baby. We set you up. Later, Gators. <laughs> uh, After Death, AD. That is a comic that I read through review copies provided by Image. Okay. So when I saw it in person for the first time, I was not prepared for it to be, like, gigantic. Yeah, it's huge. It's oversized. It's huge. Um, and it's which incredible. makes total sense. because absolutely yeah. incredible. Uh. I need to finish it. I didn't finish it. Uh, I also have not finished AD. I need to finish that. The issues are lengthy. It's yes. like three. It's almost like three. But they're gorgeous. Novellas. Yeah, they're almost. absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. And Scott Snyder and Jeff Lemire teaming up. I mean, come on. I love what I've read of it. Love what I've oh, read of it so incredible far. Incredible book. Thank you, Willowa. Always good to Excellent hear from answer. you. Excellent answer. Let's go to our final call. This just in. This just in. Jason Sachs. Oh, he calling, left us a message. Calling from the Starbucks. Well, that's all there is in Portland. Right? Near the Lake Washington 5K. It's just Starbucks after Starbucks after Starbucks. Hey, guys, it's Jason Sachs. Just popped into a Starbucks while my wife is running a 5K this morning. Uh, favorite creator-owned book from a mainstream guy. I can choose Matt Kent's Department H, Ooh. or Depth, as some people Ooh. like to call it. Not only is it like this really cool kind of murder mystery, but it's got this neat existential element to it that like makes you wonder about the... the the, this whole attitude towards these people in their world, the, the uh, depth works as this beautiful kind of feeling of people being lost and consumed by mystery. And Kent's art is just very cool. Of course, the coloring's by his wife, and it's just a really neat uh, book. I mean, I just it's just very 
Interesting. Definitely something that you couldn't really publish through a mainstream publisher. Um, and it's super ambitious. It's fun. And it's kind of awesome. So Bummer is kind of lost in the, because mind management is something that people love so much. And mind management is freaking awesome. Yeah. But that just has a depth to it that other stories don't have. Sorry I missed you guys. Uh, I think you're doing, probably talking to someone else right now, but, um, hope you, uh, have a great weekend. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you, Jason. Sex here. Great answer. But yeah, if I have to pick, I think mind management is my favorite Matt Kin. That mind management at Dark Horse was just unstoppably wonderful and bizarre and weird and and sometimes gut-wrenching and ugh, it was so good. I love Department H. I have fallen way behind on it. I need to catch up on that book. Same, but yeah, yeah. That's I mean, that's the nature of that's my current status with nearly every comic book I read. Pretty much, yeah. But very, very high quality. Pick up Department H, you guys. Definitely. Um, Let's I get- mean, mind management. Mind management. I I never kept up with. I need to. I oh. have all the hardcovers. It's incredible. It is incredible. Uh, speaking of Jason Sexier, the THN historian, he is going to be supplying us with some more. Who the hell is this guy? It was a little segment we used to do yeah. where like the Terrifics is coming soon from Jeff Lemire at DC. He's going to go through and highlight a few of the characters. I believe he's going to start with Metamorpho and give us some fun history, where the character came from, some highlights of his story, who he is, the creators, what the creators had in mind. Jason is brilliant. He is one of the smartest comic writer historians out there, and he's going to pimp his own stuff through us. I'm super excited. There'll be Patreon exclusives later on. We'll put them either on the site or in the show here and there where we can, but it's super, it's going to be fun. I'm super excited for the return of who the hell is this guy? Joe Patrick, let's get to our answers. Let's do it. Let's get to our answers. Do you want to go first? Um, one second, one second, one second, one second. I had a lot of trouble with this one, honestly, because there's so much stuff. When you start looking at Bendis and Aaron and Fraction and these guys, I mean, all these guys have so many good creator-owned books that they threw out while they were working at Marvel, while they were working at DC, before they worked at Marvel and DC and whatnot. It's true. <laughs> Are you still looking for yours? Um, no, I'm looking up an answer. Somebody asked a question in the chat. I'm researching it while you talk. Okay, well, I'll go ahead and go then. Yeah. But I think if I have to pick my favorite, uh, I'm a huge Joe Casey fan. I've always loved Joe Casey, and Joe Casey wrote a whole bunch of Wildstorm and Marvel and DC stuff that I love. But his Godland series that he did at Image with Tom Scioli, who's another one of my favorite artists, was so cuckoo, crazy, Fantastic Four on acid nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just a blast to read. Oh, my God. It was so wonderful. It, it, it was just literally, what if Jack Kirby was on acid <laughs> like because Jack Kirby maybe he had a drink here and there, but he wasn't like a hippie or like into psychedelics. He just had wacky ideas. Now imagine if he was on drugs and he was hilarious. What are you doing? They can't see that. Yeah. I'm trying to show them the picture. Well, why don't we worry about this a little bit? Hi, Randy. It's very important. We'll worry about it in a little bit. I love, I'm listening to you. Joe talk. Casey's I'm multitasking. I, I love Joe Casey's Godland. I think it's easily my favorite. Um, uh, Man, I I struggled with my answer a little bit because uh, I just thought it couldn't be something so new. Like, there had to be a better one. Yeah, that's why I stretched back a little bit. I was going to say, like, Black Science, for example, I uh, just adore. And uh, 
Deadly, Deadly Class, both from Rick Remender. Yeah. Wonderful books. Like, Astro City is such a great answer that it should have been my answer, but it's not. Um, the first thing, though, that popped into my mind when I think of a creator-owned piece of work by somebody that I normally associate with big two superhero books. Sure. Well, maybe not normally in this case, but... Abnormal. Um, I think it's Black Hammer. Black Hammer's great. It's Black Hammer. It, that book... Jeff Lemire's Black Hammer. Yes. It's Jeff Lemire is the writer. Um, that book... I enjoy it so much. Uh, it's one of my favorite things on the stands right now. Yeah. And, you know, I, there's a lot to be said for Invincible, which I love, and, and you know, things like Saga, and, and those are all good, and I like them and everything, but, like, Black, Black Hammer hit is a concept that hit me uh, like a comic has not done in a long time. And I think that it's one of the best of Lemire's creator-owned works. Cool. I, I don't disagree. I love it. Sixth Gun, also a wonderful answer. Yeah. Uh, probably would have been my answer if I was thinking more clearly, but yeah. I just couldn't get Black Hammer out of my mind. Fair enough. You're allowed to pick whatever you want. Thank you to everybody that called in. Thank you to everybody that played along. Thank you to everybody that just watched, because you can watch us on our Facebook live page. On our Facebook page. Sorry. We'll be live there Saturday mornings. And if you want to interact with other callers, that's the way to do that. You can hear what they're saying and say, that last guy, he was nuts. Or that last girl, she knows exactly what she's talking about. Boom. Before we get out of here, though, Joe Patrick, why don't we talk about the well, new question of the week? Well, before we do that, Lord Fungus has a question. Okay. Uh, you recommended a lot of old Wildstorm books. Mm -hmm. And he went out and bought some. Okay. Uh, some of them were on eBay. Okay. And I've heard of the eBay. Yeah, uh, he <laughs> bought something called the Wildcats Compendium. Yeah. From 1993. It was sort of like a who's who. It just had, it featured like, a, but there was, I think there was a couple of short stories in it, but it mainly featured like bios on the characters and stuff and a bunch of pinups. Uh, he says he asked you on eBay about it, but you snubbed him like a stained couch. He asked me on eBay? On Twitter, sorry. Oh, I'll have to check. He tweeted at you about it, but you snubbed him like a stained couch. Hey. I got a lot of followers, buddy. All right. People tweeted me all day. Deal with it. Please. <laughs> the truth is that Matt does not respond to messages on social media. I will get back to you and we'll talk some more Wildstorm. Uh, the only thing Definitely. I can find is, is this book on Amazon, which looks like it's just a collection of early issues, but it, I don't know. It doesn't say. Uh, I'll have to look. It doesn't say. We'll, we'll do this on our own time. I promise. Yeah. I'll look into it. So the new question of the week, eh? The That's new question where we're of the week, eh? The new question comes from D. Murray via the THN Facebook fan group. I remember that guy. D. asks, if you could have a year-long Elseworlds or What If style maxi series. Don't get hung up on the terminology. It doesn't have sure, to be sure, DC. Sure. You could write your own Elseworlds or What If story. Yeah, I mean, of, of anything. Yeah. What would be the premise? Okay. Do you have a new alternate reality that you'd like to explore or would you like to revisit and flesh out an old favorite that maybe only got like a one shot? Oh man. Like what if D man killed Thor? <laughs> yeah, that, that could be. Yeah. Yeah. That could and then be one. D man picks up the hammer. Oh man. <laughs> D man. <laughs> I love D man. Does he go around shouting his name like Steve Holt? I hope so. <laughs> Like when he jumps off a building, when he lands, he's like, D-Man! 
<laughs> Thank you again, everybody that played along. We'll be back here next Saturday from 11 to 1230. Do it again. Feel free to call us. Don't be afraid. We want to hear from you. And like I said, you can take this show in any direction you want. You don't have to play by the rules. Excelsior! Oh. That is it for THN. If you dig comic book podcasts that are too funny to hold onto their plot, you can subscribe to this show on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. So true. THN is a listener-supported podcast, and we want to send a Ragnarok-sized thanks to everyone that supports us on PayPal and Patreon. Without you nerds, we wouldn't have been able to finance the repairs to the off-ramp we needed to make to the Rainbow Bridge. Yeah, it's in bad shape. It's just our infrastructure is really going down. <laughs> Before we go, our weekly shout-out goes to our buddies, Dee Murray, James Campbell, Wooly Toots, who all celebrated their birthdays on the very same day. Not true. They're all from the same mother. I mean, they are triplets. You James, wouldn't know it from looking James at them. James and Wooly Toots celebrated their birthday on the same day. Oh, okay, okay. D. Murray, I confessed, I creeped him on Facebook a little because I was oh, worried about him. That's creepy. Alright. <laughs> D. disappeared from the Facebook fan group and I couldn't figure out why. Not only did he disappear, but his posts were gone. And what? I was like, oh shit, something happened. D. scorched the earth. Turns out he's just having some problems with his Facebook account. Oh, okay. So, like, I clicked on his name, just like, is his account still there? And the first thing was, it was his birthday. Okay. So, so happy birthday, D. Happy birthday, D. We're glad Sorry, you're alive. I stole that information from your personal <laughs> account. Yeah. Word to the birthday boys. Until next time, true believers, remember to pre-order your comments or your retailer might just erase all of your Facebook presence. This is the Two-Headed Nerd. Signing off. <laughs>